Hey gang, Wonder Rob here, and Shop's here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Aw, yeah. Can you believe it? It's We Love Comics, and Shop's here too? I'm taking time out of my busy day as a freshly minted dad of not one, but two kiddos. Since baby Sage has joined the Shoff clan only two short, sleepless weeks ago. Well, I snuck out of the house and crept into the local comic book shop here in Windsor, Colorado called Heroes and Horrors Games and Comics. Because of the new comic book series that just dropped this week that I have been mega excited for. DC Comics spared no expense with this one because this comic book story's life, uh, found a way. That's right, DC Comics, man, they did it. Those crazy sons of bees did it. Okay, enough Jurassic Park quotes. The comic book I'm reading and loving this week is The Jurassic League, written by Juan Gideon and Daniel Warren Johnson, with art by Juan Gideon, uh, colors by Mike Spicer, and letters by Farron Delgado. If you've ever looked at the Justice League and thought, yeah, those heroes are cool and all, but I wish they were dinosaurs, then you're probably the authors of this comic book because this idea is so bonkers, but somehow it works. The story is a six-part limited series with all your favorite DC heroes and villains, Dinofied. Batman is Batsore, or Batwalker, and he's just as brooding as before, still loves to narrate and be the world's greatest detective, but this time around, he's a costumed Allosaurus that still speaks and thinks English, and even gets in a vicious dino brawl with Jokerzard, an acid-spitting Dilophosaurus with bad jokes and a brutal connection to Batsore's past. The whole gang is here. Wonder Woman is a Triceratops named Wonder Dawn, living on the all-female island of Trimascara. Aquaman is some kind of prehistoric Spinosaurus, and he's fighting Black Mantasaurus. <laughs> and last but not least, look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's an asteroid. That's a little dino joke. Nah, it's super sore. I think this guy's a Brachiosaurus with the same soups story. So he's raised by humans, in this case, uh, cavemen, cave people. Cave humans. Uh, Crash landed on Earth, of course, and uh, this was all in order to escape his dying home world. Now, you might be thinking this sounds like one great big pile of shapoopy, but this comic is so much fun. The art is really crisp and interesting. It gives off some serious TMNT vibes to me, but I think the big standout for me in this issue is the lettering. I didn't think that my amber would be hardening for font choice, but this book brings it. After reading the first issue, you just know there's going to be toys. And I just know I'm going to end up buying some. DC Comics, you've done it again. So comic book lovers out there, don't burn or borrow this one. This entire series is a buy for me. So hold on to your butts, because the Jurassic League is dynamite. I love this comic, and you should too. Oh yeah! Thank you very much, Shaw, for that voicemail. You can find Shaw co-hosting Trechnological, our Star Trek podcast, or Geek, so to speak, with me and Wonder Rob. Thank you very much for that voicemail, Shaw. That was, as you said, dynamite. That was a fantastic review of Jurassic League, and I echo all of Shaw's sentiments. I really liked the artwork in it, and it was an enjoyable ride. Kind of the same fun of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, just seeing all of these Justice League members and villains as dinosaurs. 
it's just as crazy as it sounds. So I would also give it a buy, Shoff. All right, let's start off this episode of We Love Comics, the show where we love comics and you should too. I am Vactor. I'm going to be joined on this episode by Mr. Marcus Seabury and Hunter Camp. We're going to be talking all about Free Comic Book Day 2022, our experiences in our little comic shops, and our thoughts on Doctor Strange in the Multitude of Madness. So let's not waste any time and let's get right to it. Oh, yeah, it's time for another episode of We Love Comics, the show where we love comics, and you should too. I am Free Comic Book Vector, and I have Seabury, Mr. Marcus, the the multitude of Marcus. How about that? The multiverse of Marcus. Yes, Marcus Seabury, first of my name. (laughs) And we also have Dr. Hunter Kent. Yes, in the multiverse of sadness. Oh, you can find all of us on social media, but we'll tell you about that at the end of the show. This episode of We Love Comics is our giant size topic episode where we're going to be talking all about Free Comic Book Day 2022 and Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. So let's get right into it, boys. Now, Hunter Camp, you were off where? Uh, I went down to, are you asking me where I was on free comic? Yeah, because you did not participate. That's correct. I would have uh, participated at Offbeat here in Jackson, Mississippi. um, But I was going down to Slidell, Louisiana that weekend. Ah, yes. Um, There is a great comic book store, uh, not comic book store. Um, There's a great toy store down there called Omega Level Level Comics. Yeah. But they have like five comic books and I don't think they have free comic book day stuff. Um, And so I picked up a few action figures. And you were seeing an AEW event. No, I went to New Orleans for the AEW event. That was oh. like a few weeks ago. I, I can't keep up with all your boyfriends and 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 arrangements on a camp. I can't keep up with it. I think he said boyfriends, and I'm not I don't have a boyfriend. That was a back to the future reference. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I, let's go into our experience, Seabury, for free comic book day 2022. I went to Atomic Comics here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I got to check out all of the books that I got a chance were mostly Marvel and DC. But then for my wife, I picked up a few indie titles, including the two that I wanted to spotlight, Seabury, the best Archie comics ever, because my wife is a big Riverdale fan and Hunter Camp is too. Actual huge Riverdale fan. So I got the Archie book. And then also for my wife, she's a huge Walking Dead Clementine fan. So we got the Clementine comic coming soon. So I got those for my wife. And then for me, Seabury, I got the League of Super Pets, which is a nice. I think my wife probably probably got the Archie. Oh, nice. Because she loves the Archie. Now, she doesn't care for Riverdale. She said (laughs) that's a little too dark and creepy for her but, uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Well, speaking of Dark Seabury, Dark Crisis was another one that I picked oh, yeah. up. <laughs> I got it too, buddy. Yeah. And this is leading into this is Hunter Camp's territory right here. Dark Crisis is the next crisis, Hunter Camp. There can't be a final one. There can't be an infinite one. There has to be a dark one. This is the next crisis. What do you think about that, Hunter Camp? 
I am. I have no idea why they're doing it. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I don't. I'm so confused why. And it what, has to be a dark it, one. I don't understand how it differentiates from every other like grim dark crisis they've had, too. So. I'm just saying. With Justin saying it has to be a dark one, they reminded me of my parents when I started dating. Hey, dang. Seabury, we're going deep into the multiverse of Seabury right now. We really are. <laughs> but I thought the Dark Crisis book was cool, Seabury. I'm, I'm going to pick that up when it comes out. And oh, then I, pick... I am committed to getting these seven issue miniseries. Nice. Now, all them, them other looky loos, eh, <laughs> I don't know. But, but yeah, I mean, I love the whole premise of a museum person, you know, showing around these kids and telling about the Justice League. Then, of course, that turns out to be a villain and all, yeah, Clayface and all the little candlelight vigils and all that, man. I dug it. I like it a lot. Like I said, um, Joshua Williamson is writing it. Yeah. Like the only DC stuff that's on my pull list right now are the milestone titles. Ah. But I've been missing some DC Universe proper. You know what I mean? That's what I've been trying to get back into with the help of Hunter Camp. But I also picked up Marvel Voices, which is a very good all-inclusive book to include all races, Hunter Camp, all sexualities. Everyone is included in Marvel Voices, so They've been doing this for a couple of years, right, Seabury? Yeah, yeah. Like, I bought, I think they had some with, like, black creators doing black characters, Asian creators doing Asian characters, uh, LGBTQIA plus uh, creators doing queer characters. Cool, man. And, I mean, you know, everybody want representation, man. As I said, Lord knows it was... I've long wanted to see people who looked like me. Yeah. And sometimes it was tough, you know. I just had to suck it up and be like, well, hey, you know, Spider-Man had a book this month. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> so, but I'm glad that today's comic fan doesn't have to. And Marvel Voices I'm, is a podcast also. So if anyone's interested in representation, in comic books, the Marvel Voices podcast and comic are available. Seabury, my pick of free comic book day is Judgment Day. And this is leading up to the Marvel event, X-Men, Avengers, and Eternals. It seems like the Eternals are trying to wipe out all deviants and the X-Men are deviants. And then the Avengers are trying to stop them. So A-X-E, Avengers, X-Men, yeah. Eternals. It reminds me when when uh, three people would fight on wrestling and they called it a three-way dance or a triple threat. <laughs> hey, that's the name of this episode. We're going to be the triple threat match yes. of comic book podcasting. Three-way three dance. What do you think about this? Yeah. Uh, Kieran Gillen was the writer who's also writing The Eternals with Isak Ribic and a whole Yo, bunch of other creatures. I like the way they set stuff up. I don't think it makes me sad. It's based on some stuff I've seen, mild spoilers. I don't think the X-Men are going to have that resurrection. Oh. Give me too much longer. And I just found out about it from Seabury like last week. 
Cause like it, cause it takes like five people to do it. Oh, dang! So if you can't imagine if somebody gets incapacitated. Dang. Oh yeah, that's Warren McTaggart uh, kidnapping Mary Jane Watson Parker. Cause I guess her, her uh, aunt Anna is one of the recipients of the uh, of of the mutant drugs, and it's like slowing down her uh, Alzheimer's. Um. And she's a huge Succession fan. Now, so I also, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, also, there's a little short thing in here with Bloodline, who is yeah, the Blade's of daughter. Blade. Yeah. Now, they've been talking about this for a while, since like 2016. At one point, a fool Richardson, a phenomenal artist, and also Canada homie. I've uh, seen her when I was Connie in Atlanta back when she lived there. She has since moved, but you know, she's still around. But uh, yeah, she was gonna draw it, and this other guy was gonna write it, but then that guy felt like he just wasn't the right voice. I mean, but hey, I'm glad they retooled it, brought it back. I want to see her out here, and like I said, I'm just, I'm just digging it, man. Um, and again, similar to Dark Crisis, I will buy the issues that, well, I'm going to buy the main miniseries, and it's probably going to cross over into some X-Men stuff that I'm reading anyway, because I'm reading just plain old X-Men, and I'm reading uh, Sword, and um, Immortal X-Men, so if it crosses over into one of those, I'll do it. Yeah, hundred percent. Man, I'm slowly trying to wean, or like, what's the opposite of wean? I, I guess push myself back into it because for a while, man, I would just completely ignore crossovers and not buy the miniseries. And like, if it and like I said, if it happened to come into a book I was already reading, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> it's here. But like, because here's the thing. Especially with Marvel, man. There's this tendency to hit the reset button like on the last page and it's like, okay, now everything's back to normal. And I'd be like, but wait a minute, guys. Right. What about the six or seven issues of catastrophes and destruction? We're just going to ignore that now? (laughs) You are making me sad. But hey, I want to talk about two things that I got on free combo day. All right. I, I spent about $20 in my LCS, and they were like, you can get a graphic novel. Oh, dang. Or you can get a board game. Or you can get a toy. And y'all know I love my toys. <laughs> I got a Sable action figure. Hey. Hunter yes. Camp is a wild man. So that goes uh, right right with Hunter Camp. Well, now <laughs> she is currently married to Brock Lesnar. What? So, uh, but she was at one point. Yeah, yeah. She been married to Brock Lesnar for a minute, bro. What? Uh, for, for a while. Spoiler! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm a bad nerd. Okay. But, but also... I want to talk about Spider-Man and Venom because I picked that one up. 
They didn't have a lot, but I snared one. Had some nice John Romita Jr. art. We and like Spider-Man winds up fighting a, a enraged mailbox that came to life and was trying to eat this <laughs> dude that was trying to put a letter in it. Perfect. And then the post lady That's got amazing. mad at him and he and he went off. And then it seems like oh that was the work of Madeline Pryor and I guess Ben Riley now, who has this creepy looking purplish and green costume. I guess this is hey, we're clones and nobody likes us. We'll show them. Of course, if you have John Romita Jr. draw it, I'll probably buy it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm a mark. I'm a I'm a I'm a mark for that guy. And oh yeah, I am too. There was a venom story about him and his son and his son got a symbiote for his buddy, and I'm sorry, <laughs> I I'm not a big Eddie Brock guy. I'm sorry. Okay, your Venom. It's just Venom's motivation for being mad at Peter Parker. You know, the sim Peter Parker rejected the symbiote. Peter Parker ruined the career of Eddie Brock. I was like, yeah, simple. When I was a young man, I was like, I got that. I dig that. But then it became, uh, oh, but they're aliens and the planets and the symbiote. And now you got a kid and this kid's venom and <laughs> he's a symbiote. I'm like, I, I, I. guys, I want to care. <laughs> but mostly I don't. Dang. Are these I'm setting just, up? I'm just being real, man. Like, and setting... also, what'd you say? What is it setting up? Yeah, are these setting up the Venom and Spider-Man books? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I guess the same people work on Venom and Spider-Man. So, you know, they're going to be things. Well, now, one person I do care for is involved in this symbiote conflict. Uh, Flash Thompson is now agent anti-venom. What? Yes, he has the anti-venom symbiote now. Dang. So, like, Flash is a bully who actually became a decent person. Kind of what I wish most of my bullies would have become. For a little like they didn't They're kind of trash. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So you know, like I said, Dang. I I kind of care, but as I probably said on this show before, I prefer my heroes to be heroic, right. man. About the only villain-led book that I was like, yes, every month, give me more, was Gail Simone's Secret Six. She was Ooh. like. The rare exception where I was I, like, okay, the villains are learning and growing. I can rock with this. And they weren't like, they weren't like true villains. They were um, people like people that had already kind of grown through like Suicide Squad and everything. Um, so yeah, like there's, there's, I really don't like villain books either because there's just not enough. I don't even really necessarily like my heroes like that. Um, I just don't find a lot of like there's it's only it's like oh i'm reading a book about a bad guy like that what else can you do with that you know 
because Secret Six was like a family, and they said they were like, that's what you were getting out of that. Yeah, and like Bane. Oh my god! Like, yeah, Simone made me like Bane. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Tell him, Seabury. Tell him. Uh, But but of course, none of that matters because that was several continuities ago. Nobody cares. (laughs) I care. I care. I miss it. I miss miss Secret Six. Okay. Okay. We care, but I love Secret Six. I don't know, man. Yeah. Again, I keep saying the Gills of Mode because they tried to reboot it around the time of New 52, and I was like, well, "Mm, they did. They want to reboot it. No. They did Suicide Squad with the same characters mostly, except they added Harley Quinn, and that was nah, like they did, the, they did a Secret Six book, but it only lasted like six issues. And I think Gail Simone wrote it; it just wasn't the same. It didn't feel the same. The pre New Fifty Two, the pre different as a young kid say it hit different. It did. <laughs> well, I'm keeping the book, man. It's got to be out of them three because. <laughs> I grabbed a whole lot of books, but I ain't quite got around to reading them yet. Uh, free comic book day Spider-Man Venom for the Spider-Man story. Because it's like, as equally as I'm like, oh, great. Venom and symbiotes. Man, when I saw the <laughs> beginning of the book and it was Spider-Man drawn by John Romita, I was like, ah, feels like home. Yeah. That's how I felt on that amazing Spider-Man number one that just came out a couple weeks ago. I felt like it was I was back in Memphis and I was reading comics again, boys. So, yeah, we had a good time. I uh, brought my son and my wife to free comic book day and w- they had a couple artists out there. Um, it wasn't anything major, but uh, picked up a lot of books, had a lot of fun. And hopefully pretty soon my son can actually enjoy some comic books but not this year because he's one years old so he well, didn't he, know what was going on he can like the pictures right well he'll just rip up the pages we gave him one comic and he just tore out the pages yeah so we need a cardboard book something uh that he can't rip up we have the they have those books the yeah yeah you can get that all right boys let's get into our giant size topic all of us saw dr strange in the multiverse of madness and let's let's actually get our thoughts on the first doctor strange because i don't know if i've ever talked to either of you about the first doctor strange so let's start with hunter camp because he's haunter camp he is on twitter um some i'm not this time <laughs> no, <laughs> no um on twitch um so let's think about what we saw so the first time i saw doctor strange the first one i saw in 3d and I hate 3D movies. Like, I can't stand it. So I sat through that movie. And it was cool. Um, I think that... I, I like Benedict Cumberbatch a lot, right? I think he's fantastic. Sherlock is one of my favorite things of all time. I just... I, I would mostly watch anything that he was in. Nice. Um, I haven't watched everything that he's in because I'm terrible at watching movies. Let's just put that out there. Um, but I, I, I think the world of him... Um, there's something that just doesn't click for me with him as a character in his own movies like supporting role um so with spider-man and then with the avengers movies i love that characterization but there's something like genuinely kind of unlikable 
about that character and i think it was almost like miserable in the first mm-hmm. one um visually it was very cool um i like mysticism and, and stuff like that anyway um so i like those aspects i like that about dr strange um and i'm not saying that like even the comic book or characterization of him is like he's not kind of a jerk um but for some reason maybe it's just like it's a little bit grating um so i liked dr strange i thought it was cool i liked the ideas um i liked the like the boss fight at the end like where it's just like a recycle thing i thought that was really really cool yeah um so i think they really do cool creative things with these movies and seabury what was your thoughts on the first dr strange all right first of all i will agree uh Benedict Cumberbatch's portrayal of Doctor Strange is a bit of a, uh, shall we say, douche nozzle. <laughs> douche Kano, if you will. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I like Benedict Cumberbatch, you know. I'm, I'm like a low-key Cumberbatch, because like, I ain't seen, uh, what is it, Sherlock? <laughs> but I'm like a low-key Cumberbatch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we in a we in a situation ship. I ain't fully oh. committed yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm saying he'd be like he'd be like sending me texts like, so what are we? <laughs> I just think it's funny how. And Marcus <laughs> is just like, I need a little bit of time. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay, no. I'm a free bird, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. My apologies out of women out there. I'm probably gonna get some calls and texts. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I will get calls and texts. Or then to I'll me. get into a verbal altercation with my wife. So yay. <laughs> but uh look, I mean, it was cool. Like I say, I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I love Regiment Adams because I was sad that she I think she passed up some superhero character that 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 they wanted her to play. So I was, and that always made me sad, but I was like, but hey, here's Rachel McAdams in the MCU because I've been a fan of her since Mean Girls. I, I but, like uh, her a lot too. Yeah, but it was, it was cool. And honestly, I'm torn about the part you love. That little loop of Dormammu I come to bargain, I don't know. Part of me <laughs> thought it was clever, Part of it made me want to fight somebody. I'm, I'm like somewhere in the middle. Of I don't know my feelings. I think it was. I, I think it was. Confused. Was one of the uh, like the most faithful galactic style comic book moments in a movie. That's that's why I think I was like, this is really clever and fun um, because it really felt like it was adapted properly. You know, yeah. I think that's why I liked yeah. it. But also well, like the big like mind f. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess if I could give it some kind of rating, it was it was it was cool. It's a borrow. Huh? It's a borrow if we're using the burn borrow buy rating system. It's a borrow. You know what? I was thinking about that. I should have I should have jumped out that window, but you'd have pushed me out now. So <laughs> we he would go. Yes. It was a borrow. It was a borrow. Okay. And Hunter, you would also say a borrow from your I would say a borrow. Okay. I, for the I, ultimate like mind f experience if you want to experience that um it is a buy yeah i think i liked it the most out of all of us i would give the first doctor strange a buy and i liked all of the trippy 
Steve Ditko things, you know, the hands coming out of the hands and falling to earth and teach me like all of those things when he's learning about his powers and learning about opening his third eye uh, with the ancient one played by Tilda Swinton, all of that stuff I loved. And I'm a sucker for origin movies. So I really liked the first Dr. Strange and was very excited for the sequel, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. This was actually my second most anticipated movie of the year. I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast. I may have said it on another one. Thor Love and Thunder is my number one. Now that Across the Spider-Verse has been moved to next year, all of my other Marvels went up. So I was heavily anticipating Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And it's already, if we're doing, if we're going by at least box office, the first Doctor Strange film made 677 million worldwide. This new one has made 532 million already in one week. So I think it's going to do pretty good, Hunter Camp, especially yeah. since there's not a lot coming out anyway. Is this the first, like, sort of, I don't want to say post-pandemic because it's not really post-pandemic, but is this the first big Marvel release since, because Disney Disney Plus got Eternals, right? Uh, no, that was in the theater. And okay, that was still, like, at, at a time where it wasn't really. Yeah, Black Widow was before that. Yeah, I think No Way Home really was the first big one where everybody yeah. was coming out of the th- out of their house to go watch it. Well, well, as we know, that's no longer really a Marvel movie. <laughs> but this one is the first summer block. Like this kicks off mm-hmm. the summer blockbuster season, and a whole bunch of people are going out to see it. Um, but since we started with Hunter Camp on the first Doctor Strange, Hunter Camp, what did you think about the second? Well, Doctor Strange. So do you want me to go into detail of like the things or do you want to just hear my overall kind of it was like it was just fine. Let's go into your this is our non-spoiler section. So just okay. your overall and then once we get into spoilers we'll go into I, detail. I thought it was a good movie. Um it did a lot of interesting and good things. Um my problems with or I problems in quotation marks with uh Doctor Str- well Benedict Cumberbatch is, is Doctor Strange were not alleviated uh with this. I think that they they still stay the same. Um which is so weird because in Spider-Man it wasn't like that. You know, mm-hmm. like in Spider-Man it was like it was tolerable and it felt like he was acting the way he was because he was surrounded by a bunch of annoying teenagers. I mean that's kind of <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um it the the stuff with Scarlet Witch was like I loved the depth that they used with Scarlet Witch, and we'll talk about that later. It did not, by any stretch of the imagination, give me what I feel like I usually have low expectations. And I did have high expectations with this. Um, but it did not give me what I wanted out of this movie. Um, and not even not even close, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Seabury, overall, non-spoiler, what did you think? All right. I like the mix, man. I like the mix of horror, adventure, comedy. <laughs> and yo, like, Raimi ain't no rookie, man. No. <laughs> now, he's a rookie in terms of the MCU, but you know, he did the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. It's like, y'all put some respect on that man now. <laughs> like, 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 he knows what's up. And. I thought it was a like a really good time, man. Um, 
that's what I'll say to keep it non-spoilerish. Okay. The, the the one thing that both of you have like you mentioned to me off podcast, Trent and Marcus, with what you just said, I didn't get like hard like I think there were supposed to be horror elements, but like I didn't view it as horror elements or like it was minor to me. I think it it was more like because they had set this up because Hunter, you you didn't pay attention to anything like before this, right? No, like, I when didn't, it was yeah. leading up to this, they had kind of set us up for this is going to be the first horror movie in the marvel universe and that's what i was telling my wife yeah and i think the horror that we got was horror comedy almost it wasn't straight up horror it wasn't something that you would say this is a horror movie it was mcu horror so it was was like very watered down very goofy horror and it wasn't what i thought it was going to be yeah now it was it was more than any other marvel movie but no other Marvel movie has had any horror really. So this is like the most we've gotten so far, but I wouldn't, I would not classify this as a horror movie. Um, but isn't Raimi this, like didn't Raimi replay somebody? Yes. Scott Derrickson, who was the first director, he was the director on the first movie, left the film due to creative differences. And I heard Seabury, Miss Benita told me that don't tell nobody, but Sam Raimi had to reshoot 80% of the, I don't have any this is not you know official but he had to reshoot 80% of the movie and like they had they already had a plan coming in and so it was like it wasn't what Sam Raimi would have done if they had just given it to him from the start it I almost feel like a Spider-Man 3 situation a little bit where the studio kind of told him what to do so to me I felt overall it it was kind of like Sam Raimi-esque. So it was like Sam Raimi came in waves. It didn't feel like the entire movie was a Sam Raimi movie. Like there was a lot of shots. And that was the same thing like with Spider-Man 2. Remember how they had the Dr. Octopus um, sequence where the camera was zooming in and and it felt like a horror movie? That's what it felt like where this one, it was like, all right, there's scenes of that, but not the, the whole movie is not like that. Which was I was kind of expecting when when you tell me Sam Raimi is is the director of the movie, I'm expecting it to be Sam Raimi from start to finish, like Drag Me to Hell type Sam Raimi, Army of Darkness Sam Raimi. Um, but I felt like we got Sam Raimi light in this movie. Um, so my overall thoughts on the movie, non spoiler, I liked it, I didn't love it, and there were bits and pieces that I really loved and things taken out of sequence but over as an overall movie it's kind of a little bit all over the place um and the other thing was it's i almost feel like they require too much of the audience like for us comic book fans and i think we've been keeping up with the marvel cinematic universe i think we are okay but for just the average layperson it's almost like, okay, you have to have a Disney Plus subscription. You have to have seen WandaVision, um, even Loki to a certain extent because of the multiverse. You have to, it's it's kind of like this movie can't necessarily exist on its own. It's a bridge between what came before and what's coming after. And we'll talk about that a little bit in the, after the, the um, post-credit sequence. But I think these type of movies should also have their own, story arc and and exist on their own and not necessarily rely on 
what you've already seen from the other movies, but that's kind of just the whole Marvel, the MCU in general, it's kind of like trying to connect everything. So those were my thoughts overall. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I've seen it twice so far, um, but there, I had some problems. So let's get into our spoiler talk right now. If you haven't seen Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, I want you to run from this podcast and go watch it and come back, press pause, and we'll still be here waiting for you. All right. All right. You're back. Okay, good. I want to know what you thought about the movie. Leave a comment down below on the YouTube uh, page if you'd like. Or in the reviews. Um, or in a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But let's let's ask, let's switch it up this time and ask Marcus Seabury. Let's get a little bit deeper. And uh, Man, I don't know. Like I only saw it one time and I was super hyped, man. Again, oh, spoilers, 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 spoilers on dick. Because, <laughs> like, first of all, when we meet the Illuminati, uh, like, John Krasinski was Mr. Fantastic. Yes. The guy who's been rumored to be Mr. Fantastic. I started clapping when I saw him. Oh, yeah. Our theater yes. did, too. And when Patrick Stewart came out as Professor X and I heard the faint... <laughs> Sounds of the X Men theme song. Yeah, I was. I couldn't even make words. I was just like, ah. <laughs> and and Captain Carter and freaking. Uh, how am I blank? Oh, Captain Marvel, Black Bolt, Black <laughs> yeah. from the you Eternals. Know. Or sorry, yeah. from well, the Inhumans show. Yes. Yeah. I said Master Mortal. I was like hype about that, and also there's another scene that got me hype, and I have to explain. In the black community, tell them, Seabury. We tend to be, huh? Preach on it, Seabury. Preach on it. We tend to talk about the dead homies a lot, right? This for the dead homies. Pour <laughs> something out for the homies who couldn't be here. There is a scene where Doctor Strange dream walks and he winds up in the body of a Doctor Strange from another dimension that is dead. So he's like zombie strange. Mm -hmm. So it's like he became the dead homie. <laughs> yeah. Then his cape is made out of other like lost and wayward souls. Yes. So he became the dead homie. Yes. And put on the dead homie. <laughs> Man, that scene really got me hyped. But like, I don't know, man. Now I'm starting to have doubts. I'm like, hey, you like what you I like, just, and that's fine. No, nah, but but now I'm thinking, am I just falling for the fan service? Yes, you are. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay that you fell for the fan service. Um, what the parts that you're talking about where he he became zombie strange with the thing that was super Army of Darkness. Like mm -hmm. that was like the epitome of Army of Darkness. Um, a very cool visual. I really liked that segment of the movie. Um, so yeah, I mean that was really cool. So I'm I'm with you on that. Like those parts that you're talking about are very cool. 
I have huge problems with the Illuminati stuff, but I don't want to interrupt what you're saying, but I don't think that you're wrong for liking those things because I think we all like those things. And there's nothing wrong with getting hype about that because like, I think that's the right way to view this, this particular movie. I just didn't view it that way. I respect it. But also here is the, here's the thing too. Between this and Moon Knight, I don't feel the safeness that I felt in MCU films. And I'm saying safe as a critique. Because, like, the MCU just normally just feels so safe to me to the point where even though a lot of DCEU stuff just goes off the rails, I'd be like, but you know what? They committed, and they were gutsy, you know. And like, like I said, with this one in Moon Knight, I kind of feel like Marvel wasn't playing it completely safe. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, they kind of straddled the fence in terms of horror. I will give you that. Not even that. I felt like this was the safest possible interpretation of this movie. Um, like they went with the safest route. Uh, I have not watched Moon Knight, so I don't. I like. I'm not making any kind of claims on that one, but like, this felt super safe because yeah, like they went in. It's like here is the Illuminati. Here are all these characters that you want to see. Let's kill them all so we don't have to deal with it ever again. Um, when you go to a separate multiverse or like a separate universe in the multiverse, it's like oh these these universes are going to fall apart together if they, if you stick if you have one character from or like one person from this world so we can't have that happen and it's like we've now established the fact that that's not doable you know like whether they whatever they do in the future but like that would be giving if they've already established hey this is something that we can't do um that it's not something like we physically can't because the universe will cave in on itself like if they're establishing that something then the thing that would be unsafe, the thing that they would be taking a chance on, which is what I wanted. Like I want that more than anything. Cause I think that that's exciting. They went and said like, okay, we, we we're not going to do that. And they, they negated like the, the reasoning for all of this stuff was like, just kind of was counter like counterpointed Spider-Man because it's like, strange is also like hey well we can't have these people in this thing and it's like we gotta send them back and nobody can know who you are (laughs) you know and it's like because that's causing the problem but like hey let's go dream walk and let's go (laughs) jump into a different place and it's like no like this doesn't this doesn't add up it's just like this to me is just the studios and that's just what it looks like to me it's just like this looks like the corporate you know the corporate marvel movie and it's just like if we were gonna we're just going to tank dangle a carrot and say, Oh, and then not do anything with it. And I just like, I'm going to talk about that more, but like, I felt like this was extremely safe because there's chances they could have taken that could have set this whole thing into like an exciting new world. And it's, they didn't do that. And this would have been the time to do it. Like there's not like an upcoming movie or anything that looks like, Oh, well that's, we should do at that point. It's just not going to happen. Well, originally this movie was supposed to come out before Spider-Man, but number one, the the director leaving and then number two, Mm -hmm. COVID pushed it. So they had to change stuff. They had to re there was some scenes where they had to reshoot stuff. So I actually am wondering what the pre 
COVID version of this movie would have been and what that story was. I don't know if they'll ever yeah. release that or if it'll come out, but yeah, for sure. I felt like you could feel it just didn't feel as cohesive or as tight as it should have been. I think that was one of the reasons why. Um, but when they went through the multiverses, I was always looking for Easter eggs. The only thing I saw was a living tribunal. You saw that head when you were flying through, but the rest of it, like there was an animated one. There was a paint universe. Yeah, the paint there was an underwater universe. I thought we were going to see a little bit more fan service, a little bit more Easter egg Seabury than just mm-hmm. the Illuminati. And I think what, what I'm hearing from you, Hunter is maybe you wanted some more depth of the multiverse. Like the whole reason yeah. for for having this be called the multiverse of madness yeah. and they went to, basically they went to one universe like I, it was it was a couple but that's like you, you got a couple of, of of universes but yes of what they actually went to like the mm-hmm. the other ones they all right we we dipped our toe in each yeah. one of these and then the only one they actually went to was the 838 which was the illuminati one mm-hmm. and then a thing that i think kind of bothered me was the illuminati not being our Illuminati, not the 616 Illuminati. And everybody was disposable. Everyone got killed yeah. off. And it almost doesn't matter to me that John Krasinski was Mr. Fantastic because I don't think he's going to be cast as a 616 Mr. Fantastic. I don't think he's going to be in that Fantastic Four movie, which also just lost its director. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what's going to go on with that, but I'm a little bit fearful on the Fantastic Four side. Um, Mm-hmm. Seabury, what did you think about John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic? He's only in it for like a minute or two. Like I said, that's been the rumor. That's been that's been the narrative for the longest. Like yeah. John Krasinski's gonna play Mr. Fantastic. And I I was hyped when I saw it. I mean, I was a little sad that he died. I mean, well, well I don't know. In my heart of hearts, I'm still hoping that he'll be Mr. Fantastic. Now, one that I'm pretty sure we saw his one song was Patrick Stewart. I don't man. see Patrick Stewart being Professor look, X, man. Hey, man, look, I love Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. I do. But, buddy, it's time to move on. And especially when we yeah, had a good one. Things. Yeah, and we had a good one. I would like that would have been that would have been interesting. Like I would have been cool to see like a recently cast uh, you know, Professor X. I thought we should have gone with that, a younger one. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. But we went with the same old thing. Well, it was definitely fan service. And it yeah. was like so there's a couple of things about that. It's it's almost like you're trying to confirm mutants. In the MCU, you're trying to confirm Fantastic Four, confirm all of these guys, but this definitely is not the way yeah. to confirm it. And they don't, they don't confirm it. It's like it's confirmed in a different universe, but it's yeah. not confirmed in the, the universe of the MCU. Right. Like it doesn't exist, and I don't know that they ever will. Yeah. Well, a lot of people that I, you know, talk to outside of nerds and and geeks like us. They all thought, oh, yeah, it's confirmation because they were in it that, okay, this is what's going forward. And it's very much like Seabury said, fan casting. Mm -hmm. This is what we want, you know, what a lot of us wanted for many years. But when I actually got it, I kind of questioned 
their yeah. fan casting because Reed Richards is supposed to be, first of all, he's the smartest man in the Marvel universe, right? Smartest man in the multiverse, the multi, the, the council of reeds and yeah. all of this stuff. There should be some type of, it's hard to put it in words because I was trying to tell people he didn't seem smart enough. And they're like, what do you mean by that? And it's almost like, how do you act smart? But I felt like Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark was intelligent. I felt his mm. genius. And that was just there's, the way he played it. There's a level of arrogance that I think that like Reed Richards would have to have it. And John Krasinski just comes off as like a humble dude. And yes. so like you don't get the the like overly because that 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 is Reed Richards. Reed Richards is like arrogantly intelligent, not like, you know, the a great bastion of intelligence in Dr. Doom. Reed Richards is, is horrible. Like, whereas Dr. Doom is like, hey, yeah, that's right. smart. And I and like also it. I also feel like Reed is kind of on the spectrum like he's he's so much wrapped up in his work like his even though you know he loves his family but yeah. there's just a an emotional sometimes um lacking not emotional intelligence that yes. is missing from reed and john krasinski i feel like just the way he he and this might be just me bringing in baggage from other things but he feels like the every man he feels like Jim from the office. That's what I take into it. When I, when I see John Krasinski, instead of casting a nobody, if you're bringing in John Krasinski, there's going to be baggage from other things that he's been in. Just like if you brought in Tom Cruise, there's going to be Tom Cruise baggage. So there has to be like some type of regalness to read. There has to be some type of intelligence. And like Hunter was saying, there has to be arrogance because, and not like Tony Stark arrogance, but there has to be some type of I am the smartest man. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to figure out every problem. And that was what was great about the, the Hickman yeah. run on Fantastic Four. So that's what I want. And um, I was reading earlier today um, on SlashFilm.com. They had like seven actors who would be better than John Krasinski. And they were going down the list. And I was like, oh, yeah. Dev Patel was one that stood out to me. And I was like, that would yeah, be I really see good. him as a great Mr. Fantastic. Um, and uh, maybe. No. <laughs> But all the like mega loving super racist fanboys gonna be butt hurt in this film. They're all they always <laughs> are. You can't so don't even worry about it. Yeah. That's just that's just how they are. But when I read, you know Dude, I'm gonna be honest, the response like, to those people is you don't even believe in science anyway. So <laughs> why are you worried about uh my guy Reed Richards? Right. Okay, but sir, when you're a minority, I know. Send them, send them my way. <laughs> racial slurs. Yes, send them my it way. It hurts. Yeah, send them my way. I'll take care of them. <laughs> I might well, have to take you up on it. I'll be happy to do it. But I'll leave. <laughs> I'll leave a link in the show notes. But Seabury, for those people, maybe Freddie Prince Jr. would be somebody that they would want to see. Um, Tom Bateman is another one that was was uh, thought of. John Cho. These are the uh, the names that were listed. So I'll leave a link in our show notes. But I, it's like I like John Krasinski, but I don't like him as Reed Richards. So the second time I, I didn't um, it was the second time watching it. I didn't have as quite as much of an aversion as I did the first time. But still, I I would rather see someone else, especially just to me, an unknown actor would be better because I'm not bringing in any baggage to it. But like I said, 
I don't know what's going on with that Fantastic Four movie. It's very up for grabs. But I did feel good. Yeah, because the director of Spider-Man. John Watts. Or the, yeah, yeah, John Watts, the last three Tom Holland Spider-Man films. He was attached, but he was like, mm, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and that was oh, what got me. That's what got me excited when I heard that he was doing it. But we'll see what happens with Fantastic Four. But I did get excited seeing the like the F on his chest, yes. the Fantastic. And I was like, because I, I want Reed Richards. You know, I want the Fantastic Four to be in the MCU to, to give people who have no familiarity with, except for the Jessica Alba Fantastic Four movies, they don't know anything how great the Fantastic Four is. So I I want it. I'm all for bringing in the uh, the yeah. Fantastic Four. My thing is is it's like in the the way to do this, and that this is my problem is that like this was the opportunity to bleed the multiverse to mm-hmm. like to to pull a uh, a like a crisis on Earth, you yeah. know, right? Where you could at least start that process. You know, I know I know crisis was you know is decent, but like this is where you could have pulled everything into the six one six. Because at this point, like we've we kind of have already established that, that other universes exist when we did with Spider-Man, right? We know yes. that. Mm-hmm. Like we know that you bought Fox. Like we know this. Like we're 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 intelligent enough and pay attention enough. I don't even pay attention to trailers or news or anything, and I know that. You know what I mean? So like yeah. Um, this would and have been the opportunity to bleed that together, right? Yeah. And without having taken that, it's almost too late to get like fantastic for the way we should get them mm-hmm. it's too late now to get x-men the way that we should get them right because it should be well established enough to where like god i don't want to see another origin story for x-men i don't want to see another fantastic four origin story like i don't we've done right. this so many times like we know that these things exist those movies exist in, in in other ways there's no reason why we shouldn't have been able to end this process like all they would have to say is that like the universes weren't caving in on each other like they were bleeding together and that could be a danger but maybe it's not maybe it's something that could be exciting um so that's what i'm that's that's my thing because it like feels like it's too late like you've already got iron man dead so like we're not gonna have at like professor x and tony stark like interacting with each other like we're not gonna have like Thor's almost run his course. Captain America, like as far as Steve goes, like he's run his course. Like these things don't exist anymore. Like that version of the Avengers, I wanted to have like face off with the X-Men or at least like work around the X-Men because we could have done that. Like we could have, but it's too late now. And it feels like if we're going to get, I love her, but if we get like Miss Marvel, and wolverine facing like that doesn't like there's no like that if, if we're talking fan service like there's no fan service in that. right you know well, did you guys both watch wandavision all of wandavision yeah yes i got a very big ralph boner vibe when i watched this because that was the thing that i hated about wandavision hated they, it. they set you up to think yes. the very first time you saw ralph boner this is the blending of the. This is how yeah. they bring mutants in. This is how they bring the Fox X Men in. This is when. So when that moment happened, I was I was laying down on my bed watching it. I stood up, and my wife was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, 
do you know what this means? She's like, no, I don't. And I, I was like going crazy in my mind. The possibilities of everything that could have been was was going crazy. And then for them to reveal <laughs> boner, there's yeah. nothing. It no. was all a boner joke. It's terrible. And it was the they they trolled us with they the did. casting mm-hmm. of that actor from the X Men. Yeah, Evan Peters. Yeah. yeah, and who I love, he's a great actor. Yes. But they they literally trolled us because God, I was all of so mad. I was, and that's what this felt like. I got hyped too. This whole movie felt like a like a troll job. Well, for me, it was specifically the um, the Illuminati is yeah. where I got that because it wasn't even the Captain Carter from What If, which yeah, um, which was cool. Well, they were like, oh, it's a different Captain Carter, and yeah. and um, the the Captain Marvel we hadn't seen, but it was like, okay, I when I was when they said Illuminati, I'm thinking the original comic lineup, so I'm like, oh, Namor's gonna be there, Black Panther's gonna be there. Iron Man's gonna be there. I was like, how are they gonna bring in all these guys? And then the only thing was Reed. Why can't we have Namor? Yeah, I don't. Why can't we have Namor? When they showed that underwater universe, Namor's gonna be in Black Panther too. Yeah, I think that's the um, the rumor. But they haven't. Did they cast him? Yeah, I think they did. Oh. Right. But yeah, there's it's, there's it's no probably reason. gonna be an analog of Namor. Yeah. There, but I was yeah. thinking in that underwater universe, I was like, oh, we can see him swimming in the background, but no. Like I said, I don't think it's as connected as they want you to believe. That was what that that Ralph Boner moment yeah. for me. I was like, everything's connected. Yeah. It's just like the comics, and no, it's not. This is a different thing than the comics it's like the coolest thing in the world because like literally like all the big things that they've been pushing or like you know wandavision um spider-man loki this it's like oh yeah there's a multiverse you're never gonna really see what you want <laughs> yeah it's just like you can watch an x-men movie that we're gonna make but it's not gonna exist in the same like technical universe as the mcu right and that's that's so frustrating because there's no reason it has to happen mm-hmm well, again, like you I was really saying, don't think let the X-Men be in one six. After this, I don't think so. Because like the, the way that you do it is by blending universes. That's the only way you do it. Because uh you now have to start the X-Men from the beginning. Like because yeah. they don't there's no way they what are they hiding in Connecticut? Right. Like for the past like 25 years, and they right. like they've never been seen. Like, no, that's not that doesn't that doesn't that's not real. Yeah, it's either you blend them or you jump over to another universe yeah. and it's like, Oh, the six one six is what we thought was a six one six is not actually. And then this one had the X-Men the whole time. And then we jump yeah, and over then to that's, this universe. And like, what is that? Like, I, I don't, I'm sure whenever they make a dead, another Deadpool movie, like there's going to be jokes about it, but it's not going to be like a real thing. <laughs> right. But I think what I talked about this being kind of like a bridge, you know, between everything, it seems very apparent that they're setting up, secret wars and that's you know, yeah they're definitely with, doing secret with wars. them saying incursions and yeah. the Charlize Theron uh after credit sequence of oh now we got to go fix this and we're gonna go we're gonna go hunt the incursions here we go we're going over there with Dermamu so th- it feels like what Hunter was saying they didn't want to go in that route of blending it together they they want to go in this okay they're smashing together and that's going to be the end game of this phase, the current phase we're at. And 
I actually think that's a good idea because I was trying to think of where do you go after Thanos? How do you go bigger than that? And I was originally thinking Galactus, but now I'm thinking actually a multiversal war would actually be cool. So if they can do that and have everything that Hunter was hoping for, then that Secret Wars movie is going to be very good. But we don't know. That could be 10 years out. I don't know, I don't know when the Secret Wars movie is playing. Hey, Hunter. Yeah. Hey, Hunter, you didn't like your sentient cloud in that Fantastic Four movie? <laughs> that was Galactus, right? Close enough, right? Listen, listen. We know what Galactus is. I uh, also want a true doom. Yes. Yes. Give me a true definitive doom. It's yes. not, look, do you, I'll play it. Like, okay, I'll wear giant boots and be overconfident. <laughs> That's okay. I love that man. Yeah, they got they gotta have a a great Doctor Doom plan. They gotta have something, yeah. but we won't we won't know about that one. But uh, uh, to Hunter's point, also, I loved what they did with Elizabeth Olsen with um, Scarlet Witch. I love I her so much. She was probably the best thing about it. Yes, and her performance as kind of like the unhinged the Scarlet Witch versus Wanda Maximoff mm. and playing the different universe um, versions of her. And the hex was the easy part. The lie, or, you know, the lie was the hard part, whatever that scene to me was great. Just her. And that was, this was another thing that was hinted at Hunter where they said it was going to be a horror movie. And they said uh, Scarlet Witch was going to be the villain of the movie. And they did, the they kind of paid that off where, she is the reason why like she's pushing yeah. forward the story or the plot. Um, and you know what this, to this whole point, we haven't even mentioned Sochi Gomez as, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And America Chavez. A, yes. She's a character that I wasn't as familiar with. Um, after I got dusted Hunter camp, after I got snapped away, um, I think more America Chavez stuff came out yeah. and I always saw her in the background, but I wasn't reading any of her comics. So I wasn't as familiar. I, I did a little bit of research before the movie, but her, her um, America Chavez is like the beginning stages. She's not like yeah. what she is in the comics right now. She's learning her powers. So what, what did you think about her? Loved her, loved her. She was the bright part of the movie. The two things that I really loved about this movie were America Chavez and Scarlet Witch. I kind of wish it was more America Chavez. Seabury, what do you think? Yeah, I dug her. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I mean, for real. I'm not, that's not shade. Like I said, I was just hyping, hype about this film. And, you know, I, you know, knew there was an Illuminati in here and it's that. That is kind of what I was focused more on. But, mm-hmm. you know, America, well, the actor that played America Chavez did a thing, man. You know, um, I, I enjoyed it. And also, I enjoyed her kind of arc. Yeah. You know, um, and I guess her shared arc with uh, Doctor Strange, because, you know, the, the first Doctor Strange that we see, he, tries to kill her to keep her powers from going to some otherworldly creature. Yes. And right. it looked like our Doctor Strange was going to do that, but then he was like, nah. Yeah. 
And that also, ain't what we're doing. And they call him Defender yeah. Strange. That's and they never I, say that in the movie, but it's he's Defender Strange. And I like too that like she was like we're friends. Like mm-hmm. her and the the one before were friends. And then with this one, it was like, oh man, even like somebody that like that I'm that I'm kind of getting to know, like I'm not like he he's not gonna kill me, even though I understand why he would. Like it's the only way to end this, but like that was great because it was that moment that growth, but then to be answered because it's like you're looking at it through like a completely negative point point of view, and then have somebody say like no 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 we're not gonna do that, and then it's like oh crap like you're you value me you know like me as a person and not just the power or whatever like that was right. awesome yeah I loved her yeah hopefully we'll get a lot more of her in the future um, in future movies we better. <laughs> Because honestly, like it's if you hear me talk about this movie, it sounds like I don't really like it, but like I feel like I love it, and it was because of America Chavez, and it was because of because of uh, Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. Like I loved Scarlet Witch in this, and like yeah, her motivations were completely understandable. Um, like her life has been terrible, and it's just like I just want to be happy, and it's like I will do anything so that I can be happy. I tasted mm-hmm. happiness. And now I don't have it anymore. Like, what can I do to be happy again? And like, that's what the motivation is. It's not anything else. So it's like, it feels selfish. And so it feels like terrible. Like it feels like the motiv- motivations are evil, but it's not. It's like, I just want to be happy. And what's wrong with that? You know? Yeah. Well, there's been some like criticisms of, oh, well, why didn't she look for the universe where they were orphans? And so you didn't have to take over the mom in that universe. Um, I was thinking about that the second time when I was watching it. And I was like, yeah, I guess they could have done that. Like it wouldn't have changed the story necessarily if those they, they were orphaned or if, if Vision. Here's another thing. Where was Vision in this entire movie? Because I know, they did the uh, whole scene where he kind of downloaded himself into the white vision. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, he's uh, somewhere. He's in the clouds. Yeah, he's yeah, in, in like, the clouds. Like <laughs> Wonder Vision, and it's like, come Bro. on, man. So I think that there's, I think there's, there's some sense in that, and like, I'm not really a defender of this movie, but like, it makes sense that like, there's, there's universe in the multiverse. Like, maybe you don't find one um even even in like i know we're saying like it's an infinite universe and everything happens but like maybe that when they were orphans they died also you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so like there's there's so many maybes there that you know who can say um but with the vision thing and especially with the universe that we ended up in like that that part of the multiverse like there's so many ultrons like serving the uh the illuminati. the illuminati that it's possible that like that's that's vision in that universe you know yeah, and um that there was no like true out of that yeah that's the 838 earth um mm-hmm. but specifically i'm talking about 616 earth where's vision that we know from our universe oh who knows none of that matters <laughs> they, they don't like, they matter it happened in wandavision they don't care well <laughs> like they're just like oh no who cares it's he's, he's off doing they're something to turn now. With, it's not with, like when foggy was over the movies and jeff Lowe was over tv it's all foggy all the time oh no I, so, what i'm saying is that they still don't necessarily care do you think we're gonna yeah. see like like i don't believe in any well, of it that's what like i said the Ralph Boner thing kind of made me realize that these are not as connected as we thought they yeah. were. It's great. You know, as comic book fans, we all want it to be connected. We all want the universes to match up, but they just don't. And I don't think it's ever going to. 
it's all due to, you know, it could be actor contracts. It could be, okay, we can only have so many um, heroes in this movie and, and we got to save him for the crossover. We got to save him for Secret Wars. That's when we're bringing Vision back. Who knows what the overall yeah. plan is? But if we're looking at it as just this movie, as just Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness, it does not make sense that the only mention of Vision is when Strange asks her about, what do you know about the multiverse? Viz yeah. had his theories. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what, you're just never going to mention him again for the rest of the movie. So that yeah. it just doesn't make sense because she was so distraught over her children, but also she was distraught over vision in WandaVision. So she should have, she showed no signs of loving vision. It was all about her kids and it, there should have been an equal balance there, but that was, that was just one thing that I was disappointed by. Um, he- do you think that maybe like the main arc of WandaVision was her grief for Vision? And then at the end, like it felt like she had moved. So like I don't I don't necessarily agree, right? So like I think that she replaced her grief with with vision of for vision with the grief of not having her children. Mm-hmm. Like I think that it just replaced and like from you know a mental health standpoint, like people do that, you know, and so like I I don't, that was a like, criticism that people had. Yeah, they were like, yeah, oh, I don't share that criticism. It erased her arc from WandaVision, but I yeah, also I don't, don't share that either. Yeah. I think it makes sense if you think if you if you actually think about it like intelligently, I think that that makes sense. Well, if you think about it like what Hunter said, that makes sense. But also the way that I interpreted it was the Darkhold had her. The Darkhold yeah. is what made her turn into Scarlet Witch. She had the black fingertips. That's what made her go into the other universes because at the end of WandaVision, she hears her children, and that's the dark hole. That's not necessarily her kids calling her from the other universes. It's she's being manipulated. So that's how I took it. So I think either one is a valid um, interpretation yeah. of it. Seabury, when you hear somebody say this was they erased Wanda's arc from um, WandaVision, what do you think? I'm more inclined to think along you guys' realm of thought because I'm like, nah, man. It was trauma. Yeah. And in trauma, you know, you substitute things, you try to find things to fill the void. Yep. Because it was like, okay, she did the whole, you know, <laughs> low-key enslavement of the, of the town and tried to <laughs> resurrect vision and that went to hell. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I still have this void. I still have a longing in my heart. Oh, I had these kids who yeah. kind of weren't real, but I want them to be real. No, nah, I don't think that erases her art, but like, I'm kind of quiet over here, guys, because like, I don't know, man. I was in full fanboy mode when yeah. I saw Dr. Street. And I was just so hyped. And it's like, and I'm not mad at nothing y'all said, but like, oh, of course. I have brought just so much logic and reason. <laughs> Here's the thing I, had it not been for what happened in the Spider Man movie, I think I might have been more in like fan mode, but like I was in super fan mode for Spider Man. And then the way they ended that movie really made me mad. And so I was like, okay, well, they have a chance to redeem this for me. And then they didn't do it. So like, do, I mean, I'm still going to watch these movies. Like, I'm going to be crazy, but like, am I, I'm not as trusting 
that like it's going to be what I want because it's I, I I'm coming to the terms that like they're not going to do it the way I want them to do it mm-hmm. like it's just not going to happen and if it is going to happen it's going to happen 20 years from now or something and I'll you who knows if the world will exist at that point or you know so what's the point you know I don't know you had a chance and you <laughs> didn't take it so you're saying you're not hyped for Thor Love and Thunder I, I expect it'll be fun you know, I, I will, I'll probably like it, but am I in fan mode? No. Like, but do I expect, do I expect something like Ragnarok? Yeah. Like I expect some fun craziness. Like, I don't expect it to be like, like life-changing, you know? Yeah. And then, like, there's, there's so many other good things going on that like, I want fun, like eighties pop, like, I don't know what that sound was, but like, that's what I expect out of Thor. Like I've liked the Thor movies pretty much um, other than the second one. Like I like, I even like the first one a lot. Yeah, I do too. So yeah. So I will, I will like the Thor movies, but they now love love and thunder. I'm sure. But do I expect it to be anything? No. Do I expect it to be guardians plus Thor? Yeah. Like, and that's what we're going to get. And I know that that's what it is, but like, they're not under any other pretenses of like something major is going to happen. It's like, this is going to be a guardians plus Thor, you know? And it's like, okay, do I want to see Beta Ray Bill though? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that they, they give yeah. they, they have the opportunity. I wanted to play yes. Beta Ray Bill. I tried to launch a campaign a few years ago. Yeah. I just I just want to be the voice of Beta Ray Bill. I man. understand. Like, I wanted to be the voice of Dark Side. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to be the I voice agree. of We Love Comics, boys. And then you are. I think. This is a very good discussion that we had yeah. of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. What do you think, dear listener? Leave us a comment on YouTube down below, or as Hunter Camp so eloquently put it, you can leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify yeah. and let us know your thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Hopefully, we've brought up some interesting topics here that you can discuss amongst yourselves. Um, but Sayberry, where are you on the internet this week? You can see my movie review show that I do in conjunction with On Location Memphis called Center Sundry. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be found on the On Location Memphis Facebook page and their YouTube channel. Um, I believe this week they're going to put out um, my review of Morbius. Oh, nice. I want to see Morbius so bad. <laughs> no, you don't. I really, <laughs> no, I really, really do. <laughs> I don't think you do. Bro, bro well, I want watch, to see cats in the movie theater. Watch Seabury's review on Cine Sundry yes. and then let us know, Hunter Camp. Oh, I'll be seeing it. And speaking of Hunter Kent, where can we find you this week? Well, you, you, can, you can find me on a lot of places. Um, I still have a lot of thoughts on uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So if you want to talk that out, uh, you can go to my Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash I am Hunter Camp. No, it isn't. It's twitter.com forward slash Hunter Camp. Uh, you can go to Instagram, instagram.com forward slash I am Hunter Camp. You can also find me on Twitch where I play lots of video games, um, but also would love to talk to you about anything. So if you want to talk about Dr. Strange in live motion on Twitch and get me mad while <laughs> I'm playing Assassin's Creed or Persona 5, please do so at twitch.tv forward slash I am Hunter Camp. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Vactor? 
I can be found over on the Geek So To Speak podcast network, geeksotospeak.com slash network. Uh, we have a video game show called The Sandbox Gamers. We have a Star Trek podcast called Technological, which we're reviewing the new show, Strange New Worlds, which if you guys have not checked out, they just had the second episode today. And it is old school, classic, like next generation Star Trek. So if you're if you grew up on Next Generation or the original series, I think Strange New Worlds is right up your alley. And we're going to be talking about every episode over on Technological. And then we also have the Geek So to Speak podcast, which formerly 199 episodes of Geek So to Speak were of geek news. So it was just kind of everything geek under the geek umbrella was talked about on Geek So to Speak. But we're having a format change. We had an incursion in the last episode and we're having, let's just say we're having a little multiversal fun over on Geek So to Speak. So for episode 200, we are going to be introducing a new format. So you got to listen to Geek So to Speak to check that out. Uh, but I thank you listeners. And I thank Hunter Camp. I thank Hunter Camp's beard. I thank Marcus Seabury. I thank Marcus Seabury's glasses. Everything hey. about And his mustache. I just feel a I just feel a need to say also you can find Nelly in St. Louis. That's true. That's true. That's you true. can find me. Okay. Thank you for that, Seabury. And thank you, listeners, for listening to another episode of We Love Comics, the show where we love comics. And we hope you do too.